Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to share a word with you this evening that um, I actually heard this when I was in Washington. I I was, it was early one morning and I, I woke up and uh, I don't, you know, always hear things right away when I wake up, but I heard this and I, Pastor John's been teaching me to use my phone more. You know, he uses, this phone is Pastor John's brain. And if he doesn't have this, we're all in trouble. He has to have this working. And so he taught me to use notes. There's a place on here when you have something that you want to get down quickly, you can make notes on this phone. And this is what I heard, and it just caught me off guard. I've never heard anything like this. Are you marketable? And I thought, well, gosh, what does that mean? Are you marketable? You know, and in the world, uh, you know, there are people who, what they call headhunters, people who find people jobs, and what they're looking, looking for is the things in your life that make you marketable, that make you someone that someone else has need of, that they, they want to use in their business uh, to, to prosper or to bring something that will cause them to be more successful. And uh, so when I heard this, I thought, well, that's a weird thing to hear, you know, when you're on a trip for the Lord, hearing what God's doing. Are you marketable? And then what I heard was, what's in you that someone else needs? And so I ask you to turn to the person next to you tonight and say, what's in you that somebody else needs? (laughs) And then I heard this, you're not waiting on God, he's waiting on you. Now there's a revelation, amen? (laughs) You're not waiting on God, he's waiting on you. And then I heard, give up, wake up, get up, look up, and fill out that resume. Get up, uh, give up. I mean, you know, you got to give up if you're going to do what God asks. If you've been here and heard Pastor Stanley, uh, especially Sunday, he talked about how he just had to give up his life. That's, that's really all he had to give. But he had to give up his life to do what God asked him to do. Give up, wake up, get up, look up, and fill out that resume. You have a spiritual resume. And so tonight, I just want to talk to you a little bit about your spiritual resume. You know, we all uh, have a resume. We have something that we've done in our life uh, in the natural realm. Like when you get ready to apply for a job, they want to know what you've done with your life. Uh, Maybe what education that you have, what level of education you have, what jobs you've had, what you've accomplished in those jobs and, and how well you've done in those jobs. What have your promotions been? You know, what's your longevity? What's your faithfulness? And as I begin to think about that, the Lord gave me these things for us as Christians. How long have you been saved? How long have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? Uh, how are you walking in the power of God? These are just some things that a person would want on a spiritual resume. Faithful. What is your faithfulness uh, record? Trustworthy. Your service in the kingdom. Assignments you have completed. Uh, where you're headed in the future. What's your vision? And uh, as I begin to think about those things, I just made the notes and, and I just put it aside. I figured God would speak to me more about it. That's all I heard. How many of you know when God speaks, if you stop with what God speaks... And wait for the rest. You're probably going to be a lot better off if you, than if you don't stop and begin to take that and try to make it what you think it ought to be. You know, if I found with the Lord over my experience with him over the years, I can add a lot to what God says. Probably that's not you. But I have one of those minds that as soon as God finishes, man, I am on it. And I, my mind starts going with all the things that God's probably saying. But I've learned over time that God has a lot to say, but he doesn't always say it all at the same time. 
And uh, as I was listening to Pastor Stanley on Sunday, reminded me somewhat of the things that Pastor Bill and I went through when we began to uh, walk in the ministry. But this Are You Marketable begins with, in your life, uh, the Word of God in Ephesians, where it says that you are his workmanship. What does that mean? You are his workmanship created for what kind of works? For what kind of works? Good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. When I heard Pastor Stanley begin to tell how, you know, he went to Egypt and he was sent there, I believe, by God with uh, the opportunity to get an education. And he got that education in things that are helping him today do what he's doing. But the education was to help him do his spiritual vocation. Can you say that spiritual vocation? And every person has a spiritual vocation. Every person has a calling of God. Every person. Everybody say every person. You may be sitting here today and say, you know, well, that, I don't have a spiritual vocation. Pastor uh, or Oral Roberts said once, I'm training men to go into every man's world. Men and women, young men and women to go into every man's world. But every man and woman's vocation will be a spiritual one. Are you getting this today? This will change your life. This will make you in your life free from financial bondage. This message tonight will set you free from financial bondage. How many of you want to be free from financial bondage? I believe if you've been reading the papers, you ought to want to be free from financial bondage. Because this world and our, our particular nation at this time is experiencing tremendous financial confusion. Not knowing how to fix what has been created in our nation, but God is not confused. And we need to walk in a place of expectation, like what my husband said, an expectation that every day when we wake up, we are not in this world system. But what makes us free from this world system? Only if we're walking in the system that God has designed. If we're not walking in that system, then we're not free from this world system because you can't walk in both worlds. How many of you figured that out? In your life, you can't do both things. So as we look at the word of God tonight, it says that you are his workmanship. It says in Philippians, and I love this scripture. This is one that God really spoke to me in a time when I was struggling with what I was doing. It says, not that I have attained, this is Paul speaking, already attained or already perfected, but I press on. Everybody say press on. How many press honors do we have here tonight? And you may be in a real press-honor mode right now in your life. You're thinking, well, I'm pressing as hard as I can. Well, don't stop. Because he said, I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. When God lays, lays hold of us, he lays hold of us for that divine purpose that he's put on the inside of us. For that work that he has. Because we're his workmanship and we're created for this work that he has for us in the earth. And as we step into that, it says, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I just feel to stop and pray. There's some of you right now that already are going to check out on this message because of what's behind you. And I want to pray for you. This is a new beginning right tonight, this moment. If you'll take it, it can be a new moment. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person here. Lord, as we take communion tonight, we're going to have an opportunity to say this is a new beginning for me. This is, I'm starting today. I'm starting right now. And I thank you that every person sitting here tonight 
If you're here tonight and your past is always in your face, tonight that's coming to a close. Because God has delivered you from your past. And the only thing that's important is right now in this room and what's ahead of you. And I loose you tonight from your past so you can see your future in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. And as I looked at this, uh, you know, it says, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And God began to show me the goal isn't what I think. The goal is that for which Christ laid hold of me. When he found me in the mess I was in, he had a divine destiny that he had not given up on me. Turn your name and say, that's good news. Now, maybe in your life you haven't done anything wrong, but I had done lots of things that weren't going to qualify me for what God called me to be and what I knew God said. So when I read this scripture, it was like, I press on that I may lay hold of, that for which Christ already laid hold of me for what he already had decided I was going to be. I, I want to lay hold of him now so I can be that. How many of you want to be whatever it was God called you to be? In the midst of that, we have to become one thing or the other. And this is what I believe God showed me. Now, I know this will seem strange, and I know it applies to Jesus, but it's in John 10. John 10, that's the chapter where, where Jesus begins to speak about he's the good shepherd, and we are his sheep, and we hear his voice. And he says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you might have life and have it more. How are you going to have life? How do you have life tonight? Yeah, whether you see it or not, that's what you have. And so this is what, what it says in John 10, 11. And, and again, I know it's speaking about Jesus, but, but when the Lord gave me this, I begin to see, you know, am I marketable? I, do I think like God thinks? You know, you'll never be marketable if you don't think like God thinks, at least not spiritually, because the way God thinks is the way things are. I'm going to say that again. The way God thinks is the way things are, not the way we see them. The way God says they are is the way they are. And so if we're going to live like that, we have to begin to direct our focus. And Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. Everybody say good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep, but a hireling, everybody say a hireling. A hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming, leaves the sheep, and flees. The wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling. Everybody say hireling. A hireling and does not care about the sheep. Now, I am the good shepherd, Jesus said, and I know my sheep and I'm known by them. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep and other sheep. Not just my sheep, but other sheep. Everybody say other sheep. Other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. And they will hear my voice. And there will be one flock and one shepherd. Therefore, my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. Then he said, no one takes it from me. He's talking about the death that he will die. You know, Pharaoh said, do you not know I have power to take your life? He said, you have no power to take my life. If my father did not allow you to take my life, you could not take my life. That's, that's really something to really meditate on. Jesus knew that he was giving his life. Everybody say gave his life. And he said, no one takes it from me. I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it up again. This command I have received from my father. In other words, his destiny 
was in his hands because God had placed it in his hands. Your destiny, my destiny, is in our hands. God has already decided. And I believe tonight he wants you to know that he has decided you are marketable. You are marketable for this reason and this reason only, Christ in you, the hope of glory. But we have to develop that. Everybody say develop that. And that's what I want to share with you tonight. You know, it, it, this hireling word, um, and, and, and I believe you're going to be set free and enjoy going to work tomorrow. Gosh, that was a big hallelujah. I'm just about can't, re, can't recover from it. Look at this. Everybody here is excited that tomorrow they're going to want to go to work. Well, who have you been apprehended by? Who do you work for? Do you work for who you work for to get a check, or do you work for the almighty God? You know, when you wake up tomorrow morning, I was thinking of this when my husband said it, and you're thinking, I'm going to be blessed, and you are an expectation of that. <laughs> you're not an expectation of that if you're thinking, oh, dear God, I've got to go back there again. <laughs> tomorrow is here almost, and I've got to go back again. I'm telling you, I read a little thing that was from these ladies that travel. They're called uh, Women of Faith, and they do these conferences. And this lady said, you need to get a different lens to look at what you're looking at. You need to look through it with a different perception. I'm telling you, when you wake up in the morning and realize you are working for Almighty God, and you are marketable, and you have been put where you are for a purpose. Now, I know some of you are going, ah, but hallelujah, it's truth. Because God is in control of your destiny. You know, I don't know how many times I've said to the Lord, do I really have to do this? And then I realize I'm working for him, not somebody else. I work for the Lord. And everything that I do, I do for his glory, not mine. He said to me a long time ago, when you get off that platform, do they remember you or do they remember me? Just a note there. Do they remember you or do they remember me? And you know what that has to do with? How I feel. Not how you take it. Because if it's coming from me and it's him, you're going to know you've been with him. If it's coming from me and it's me, you're going to know you've been with me. But I have nothing to offer. He has everything to offer. And I'm saying that. I am the pastor or was the pastor of this church. I'm still a pastor because God has ordained me to be a pastor. I love people. I'm, I'm a shepherd. I care about the sheep. And over years, I've learned to lay down my life. I didn't learn that like the first day. I just want to tell you, I didn't like it sometimes. But over time, everybody say over time. And all of us are living over time. And I believe God is asking the church to lay down their life. When Pastor Stanley said that on Sunday, I thought, man, I haven't done anything. Nobody ever deported me to a country when I had another plan. I was thinking, what if somebody deported me next week to somewhere? What, I mean, then they would have to probably tell me, you have to report in every day, because I'd be trying to run away. Did you hear that? God, who, who made him report every day to the people in the Sudan? God did. Because God was bringing him under submission to authority. And if you can't come under submission to authority, then you can't be in authority. And God had a great work for him to do, and he had to be under God's authority. Well, you are no different. I'm no different. Whatever that is. And, and I know today you're probably sitting here thinking, you do not know how pathetic my job is. Or how not valuable my job is. But I want to give you the definition 
of a hireling. Everybody say a hireling. A hireling is in contrast to the shepherd. Now, the good shepherd is a person who has genuine concern for his sheep. In stark contrast to the conduct of a hireling whose only interest is self-preservation. That's what we're going to leave behind tonight. Turn your name and say, oh, good. (laughs) Self-preservation. Most people go to work for self-preservation. To get the check on Friday to pay the bills. I know this seems strange. I can tell by the look on your faces. But this is liberation. You know, I started praying, God, let me not have to work for a check. I don't want to work for a check. And he said, well, you don't have to do that right now. I thought, well, yes, I do. <laughs> and he said, no, you don't. It's, it's the attitude that you have toward it. It's the attitude you have toward it. If you have the attitude that you're working for the Lord, your paycheck is just your seed or your blessing that God's giving you for that week. But it's not, it's not who you are, and you're not working for the check. How many of you know that would be great? If you went to work tomorrow and knew that whether you worked in that place or any other place, every need you had was met. How many would say, I'd love that? Well, you have it. I know that sounds sounded kind of different to me but I'm gonna go this way when we got ready to do this um, putt-putt I, I said to my to the Lord one day I was driving home I said Lord if I had a thousand dollars I would put it in there for the putt-putt now this is just me and God talking and my husband already had said you know what we're gonna do but I said if I had a thousand dollars I would do that and uh, but I don't have a thousand dollars and I felt like God said what do you have so I went home, and I, I don't know that I told my husband until afterward, but I wrote a check for everything that we had in our savings account, which was $250, and I put it in. Didn't I, Sandy? Yeah. I said, just put that on our hole. And, uh, and I thought that's, you know, I did what I could. And do you know, somebody gave me $1,000. Well, I hadn't even thought of what I told God. Got to the park, was praying, rejoicing. This is going to be great. How many of you have bills sometimes? Like, you know, I had to have a tooth worked on. I had a big bill and all this. And I thought, praise God. God took care of my tooth. And you know what I heard? Uh, The thousand. And that's all I need to hear. Oh, dear Jesus. There it goes. Gone. (laughs) Still owe that bill on my tooth because that's not going on my tooth. And uh, I'm just being honest with you right here, right now. But I'm the one who has just said, God, I want to live my life without depending on my job. And I felt like he said, go, go give the other seven fifth. I mean, I made it so you can give the thousand. Go, go give it. So Sunday, I'm sitting here, in my, and I forgot the money at home. And, and I had it. I had it in cash. And so I'm sitting in first service, and Pastor Stanley's just talking. And I don't know what he said, but I thought, I have got to get out of here. Sorry, people. i got to go home and get my money. I, you know, I used to be the pastor, if you're here tonight. I mean, I, I, that was my job. I didn't get fired because I'm the goofy. I, my husband and I felt to install our son as the pastor. But I will be goofy for God. And he's making me be a lot more goofy than I planned to be. But I ran home, got the money, and brought it in. And I took it straight back to the people in the back and said, get this in the bag before I change my mind. I didn't say that. But that's what I was thinking. And... I let it go. And you know what God said to me? That just has to do with you saying that you wanted to be free. That you wanted to be free from this world system. 
You just sowed a seed. Now, I probably have to sow some more. You know, some of us think, oh, good, it's over. No, probably not. But when you are marketable for God, then you're in a position where you are not a hireling, you are a shepherd. And you don't have to be a pastor to be a shepherd. Everywhere you work, God has put people in your path for you to look out for spiritually. Now, I know this is a shock to you because some of you don't even like the people you work with. See, now I'm getting a response. Now the laughter begins. <laughs> I've been there. But you know what that means? That that person is hurting. And what you're feeling is the way they feel all the time. And you're thinking, seriously, you are wrong, lady. They don't like me. No, they don't like you because God's in you. But you haven't figured that out yet. You still think it's because of you. But it's because of the spirit of God that's on the inside of you. And you can do something about their life. Are you getting this? See, you can really do something about their life. Now, I'll tell you, they don't know it, and you don't know it, but the devil knows it. And so he continually tries to divide. Envy and jealousy, James 3, James 3, 16, says where there is self-seeking. Does that sound like self-preservation, kind of? Where there's self-seeking, and there's envy, jealousy, there's confusion, and every evil work. You know, when we share messages about the body of Christ going out and leading people to Jesus, this, this is first a spiritual revelation before it's a natural one. And in every place you work, if you wake up tomorrow and you take this message to heart and you go to work and you change, everybody say, I change. And I change the perception that I have of my job. You know, I am here by divine appointment. Now, you may have to really say that over and over again. How many of you believe right now you're where you are because of divine appointment? How many of you believe you're just stuck there? (laughs) See, you know, I just, or you get there and then you want to leave. Pastor Stanley said on Sunday, there's someone sitting here today who's about to make a decision under pressure and it's the wrong one. How many of you have ever made the wrong one? See, where you are is the place where God wants to work with you. You're marketable spiritually in that position. You know, uh, I just saw Rodney over there. He's a deputy. And, uh, and we had a guy here last Wednesday night who, who was in church because Rodney, in his position as a police officer, if you can become marketable as a police officer, saying, I'm going to arrest you big, big time here. But before I do, let me tell you about Jesus. <laughs> then we're going to the jail. And after that, you're on your own. <laughs> Is that marketable in your sight? It's marketable in God's. He's looking for every man's world. You think this revival is going to start in these four walls? Sadly mistaken. We don't have a lot of people hopping in here. We've had a few occasionally wander in from the restaurant to see what we are. But this is not the place that the world is wandering into. The world is wandering around where you work. How many of you believe where you work, there's a potential to more than fill this church? And probably a few others. I mean, if I went down here and said, how many people at your work that, you know, if you could influence, you start with prayer. You start by loving people when they're not lovely. 
you know, you start in those ways. We're going to read the job description of a marketable Christian in a minute from Colossians. But when you start to be who God called you to be and you think of your position in that place, I was put here by God because I'm marketable in this position spiritually. And I can cause the devil a big problem here. Instead of, I just can't stand my job. These people are driving me nuts. You know who's got the problem? Us. And the devil is winning. Because we don't understand that we are in that position to do something mighty for God. See, not everything God does for certain comes from a pulpit. Not everything God does comes from somebody who's been called and ordained and had all those credentials behind their name. Those people just equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. Why is that? Because inside of every one of you is a seed. And it's a seed of life that the world does not have. And it is marketable to the people. But unless the grain of wheat dies, remember when Pastor Stanley shared that scripture on Sunday? Unless the grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, that there can't be a harvest. And that's really the death that we die as Christians, is being in the position where we lay down our life or we lay down self-preservation and become open to what God wants to do. I wanted to share this story years ago when Pastor Bill, uh, we were first married. We were in Tulsa. And uh, I was given a position. We had just moved to Tulsa. He was going to work for Snelling and Snelling, which was a, an employment service. And uh, he, just, he, he felt that's what he was supposed to do. And that was fine with me. I was just glad. I thought he was handsome. I loved him. I was so glad to be married. And somebody loved me. He was my knight in shining armor. Yes, you do. And uh, he, was, he was wonderful to me. He was wonderful to my children. I was just so excited to have a new beginning. And uh, I wasn't looking to be in ministry. I wasn't looking to do anything except be Pastor Bill's wife, except I did not want to work where he worked. You know, that's always a problem when you don't want to do something and uh, when you know Christ. And so a man offered me a position. If I said his name, you probably wouldn't know him here. But in Tulsa at that time, he was a, he was a minister. He and his wife had a ministry. And uh, they hired me to answer their mail. He said, I know God has a call in your life. I mean, strange to me, but he, that's what he said to me. Uh, and, and so I went home and told Bill, long story short, I went to work there. Bill felt like uh, that, you know, he said, I know, honey, you have a call in your life, and, and you need to go take that job. And so I started working. Like a week into it, I couldn't sleep at night. I would wake up. I was beside myself, and I knew I wasn't where I needed to be. And, and I felt like God was telling me to go work with him. I did not want to go there. Not because I didn't want to be with him. I didn't want to call people and try to get them to hire people and all that stuff. Yeah, I'm not a salesperson, and I didn't want to do it. And, uh, and so I thought, I'm just going to keep going here. He said I should be doing it. This spiritual man said I should be doing it. His wife said I should be doing it. He held a big meeting. I went and prayed. People fell out under the power, scared me. I, I never had that happen like that. And, uh, you know, it was just a real spiritual experience, though. And it really, like on the inside of me, it was like, this is real. But, you know, I kept feeling like I wasn't supposed to be there. So I went to his wife and said, you know, I just don't think I was supposed to be here. And she said, well, just pray about it. So one night I couldn't sleep. This is the, this is the honest truth. I woke up at 4 in the morning. And a friend here that I had known when I got saved, the lady who led me to the Lord, said, if you ever need anything spiritually, there's this woman whose husband and her work at Ramah. 
and they're out there right now. If you need anything, you call her. And, and you know, you can, that'll be somebody that'll be a contact for you. I said, okay. Four in the morning, I call this woman. Never knew her, never talked to her in my life. That's not the time you really call up people. But I was desperate. And I called her. And you know what she said to me? I've been awake for 15 minutes. And God told me somebody would be calling me. And I have a scripture for you. Unless the wheat falls in the ground and dies, that there'll never be a harvest. And, and she said, I think what God is saying is, you will have to die for your husband to become all God's calling to be. I thought, well, that's strange. I mean, I, when I got off the phone, I still didn't know. I went in, and I woke up, Bill, and I said, I think I have to come to work for you. I think I have to quit my job. And he began to weep, and he said, no. He said, I could never take you away from God. See, he thought that he had to let me go be what I was going to be for God and that he just have to do what he was going to do. He really wanted me to come for work for him. So guess what? I went to work for him. And I didn't like that job. Any better because God told me to. And I did die. He made me take a test. And I didn't even want to be that person. It's a good thing I loved him. Because I could have really gotten ticked. And so... I took the test, and then I began to dial up people and do all the things that I had to do and turn in my paperwork at the end of the day, just like a hireling, which I was a hireling at this point. I certainly was not a shepherd, let me tell you. And so, and he, he you know, I, I, I thought, this is just crazy. You know, this, I don't even like this, but I knew I had to do it. There was this lady who worked there that he thought was crazy because she was real spiritual. She went in his office and said, God has called you about Bible school, wasn't it? And he, he came out and said to me, that woman is crazy. There's a, she's crazy. Don't, you know, we need to get rid of her because she's crazy. And uh, I thought, Bible school? I mean, the whole thing was beginning to be all crazy to me. Well, she found out that Victory had a position, Victory Christian Center, Tulsa. And she said, I know just the person. She came to me and said, you need to take this job. I said, I don't even know what the job is. Long story short, I ended up in the job. Pastor Bill's business closed all the doors. The man shut it down. It was the beginning of Victory Bible Institute. I was working there, and all my children got to go for half, and Pastor Bill got to go free to VBI. And God did it all, and I worked, and they all went to school. I whined. After all, I am the one that he says is called. I should be going to school. I got to learn something. But God said, no, this is your assignment. I had to learn to be a shepherd in my assignment and not a hireling. I had to learn to be who God called me to be. I had to be that wheat that went in the ground and died. But you know what God told me? You don't need to whine because one day, everybody say one day, when he becomes what I've called him to be, you will become what I've called you to be alongside him. And that's just the way it is. I want to tell you, God is looking for people today that are not concerned about where they are right now. They're only concerned with, am I a shepherd 
You know, you say, well, I'm not called to be a preacher. No, I'm not talking about that. It says a shepherd is just someone who takes care of people, a person who herds, tends, and guards sheep, a person who protects, guides, and watches over a person or a group of people. Now, not let alone your own home, but how about your work? That's what God told me tonight. This is about people going to work with excitement who belong to God. Now, it says we'll be known by our love one for another. But I want to tell you, in the workplace, if we become who God's called us to be, and we become that marketable person spiritually in the workplace, I'm telling you, our workplaces are going to change. Your place might become the most profitable place in the whole city. And they're going to think it's because they're so smart. It's not because they're so smart. It's because you're in there. Boy, you're looking at me like, hmm, really? I believe this is a profound revelation that God gave me about people's work. Christians do not like going to their work much more than the world. A lot of Christians. Because they feel like they want to be what God called them to be, and they're not there yet. But they're having to do this menial job. Everybody say menial. <laughs> that, that's what, that's what a hireling basically, you know, this is a menial job. There is no job menial if you know Jesus Christ. There is nothing menial about your job. Everything about your job. I mean, Amber, when you stick your hand in somebody's mouth and start cleaning their teeth, you have an opportunity to pray over their mouth. How many of you have some people you work with who could use a change in their mouth? Yeah, see? Well, instead of talking about how, how their mouth is, start talking about who God made them to be. And begin to use the word of God and become this person that's really marketable with God. When you become marketable, you become promotable. Could I say that again? When you become marketable, you become promotable. How many of you are looking to go somewhere else, like being promoted? Well, if you're marketable where you are, God promotes marketable people. Because this is God's promotion system. You were faithful with two, I will give you 20. Everything with God increases. Everything with God escalates. Everything with God grows. And God is looking to release in this earth. I, I felt like he said to me today, I am ready to promote the body of Christ. But I can only promote those who are under authority. Because the people who are under authority will listen to my authority. And what I'm about to do will have to be me and not them. It'll have to be him and not us. And that makes us marketable. So I want to give you these, these few things about, put these on your spiritual resume. I mean, these would be good on your spiritual resume, according to the will of God. Rome, or we're going to look at Colossians chapter two. And, uh, it, this is, it says, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, turn to your neighbor and say, you are holy and beloved. Now, not holy, like holes in you, like holy, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, this, these are things that would appear on a spiritual resume that would go out for God. Kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another, even if anyone has a complaint against another. How's your resume going? It, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. But above all these things, put on love. These are This is a lot of stuff, you know, that you would have to have on your resume, which is the bond of perfection. Perfection, when perfection's used, is not perfect. It's maturity. The bond of maturity is 
love. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you also, also you were called in one body and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. I'm sure all of you do this at work. That you sing blessings over the people you work with. If you're a teacher, I'm sure you go in every morning and say, thank you, Jesus, for my wonderful students who love their teacher and I love them. Thank you, Lord, that you put me in this harvest field. Thank you, Lord, that I'm here by divine appointment. I'm telling you, if you're a teacher and you don't think like that, you're not a teacher. You're a hireling. I'll get back to preaching. I mean, I'll get back to the message. Okay, uh, do all in the name. Everybody say, do all in the name. Do all in the name. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Then if you go down to verse 23, it says, and whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. This is where self-preservation takes root, when you're doing something because of people and not because you work for the Lord. This is where... Every evil work begins when you're doing something for people and not for the Lord. If you know that where you are tomorrow, God could remove you from there this quick. How many of you believe that? If God wanted to change where you were, you wouldn't be there. If you're really seeking after him, because he'll make a change. So does that mean if we're where we are right now, we're where we're there and God is with us. Is that truth? So when we wake up in the morning, this is, this is who we are. This is our spiritual resume. This is, we're employed by God. This is who we are. And we're in this arena to bring the blessing. Doesn't it say that? Wasn't the Abrahamic covenant? You will be a blessing to all the nations, to all people, to all people. And, and I believe that's what God is ready to do in this earth like we have never seen it before. You know, I, I don't know what went on with Rodney and this gentleman, but to me, I'm telling you, God is getting ready to do some really different things, really different, using people that never even thought that they would be used by God. The people that are in the pulpit in this last day are not going to be the people who are going to rise up and be the people that are doing the work of the ministry. It's going to be everybody in the marketplace. And I believe that's why God said to me, are you marketable? I mean, he's ready to move in a different arena. But we have to be willing to be that person in that place. We have to be the person that says, when I go to work tomorrow morning, I'm working for the Lord. Some of you may say, I don't, I don't work anywhere. I'm at home. Well, how happy are you there? Never mind. We'll move right on. The other day, I heard my daughter say jokingly, how many more days till I go to school? And then I know there's other parents who are saying, how many more days till they go to school? I don't blame you. I've been there. I'm thinking the same thing. How many more days? But then God reminded me. He said, if you ever want to be free, then you got to be like me. And this is the way I am. Everywhere I am, I make a difference. And so I ask you tonight, everywhere you go, do you make a difference? Like when you go to work tomorrow morning, I mean, we, we can say it in this church every day, we want to win souls. We want, we want to see this place full. But, but I'm not so interested in seeing this place full as I am seeing people begin to be who God called them to be and people on the other side receiving 
who they are, Christ. And people begin to know he's real. He's real. Now, you won't be able to go tomorrow. I just want to give you a little hint. Don't go in tomorrow announcing that you are God's gift to wherever you work. Because sure enough, they're going to think you are wacko and one of them. And don't say you came here if you say that. <laughs> say you went to the restaurant next door or you ate some wrong food or say anything. But don't say you heard, I heard this message and I'm here to tell you. No, begin to pray, though, that God will begin to see, begin to speak into your life those things that he's put in you that somebody needs. Because you could be all things to all people. Paul said, I am all things to all people. Whatever they need, that's who I am. And there are people sitting in your work today that are very, very, very needy. Very needy. And you know what they need? Jesus. And if you know Jesus, hey, you're their answer. You're their answer. You're the one that's going to pray for them. You're the one that's going to speak into their life. We're going to take communion tonight. And um, I believe God wants us to know that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Pastor John on Sunday uh, preached, not this past Sunday, but the Sunday after Putt-Putt, said that that's, that's where we are. You know, we're in rewarding faith. If you want to live the reward of God, says promotion doesn't come from man comes from god doesn't come from the east or west it comes from god and and i can promise you this in my life as a believer years ago god said to me you were faithful with two and i'm going to give you 20 and then he said you were faithful with 20 and now i'm going to give you a whole school of young people and then he watched and then i believe because we were faithful now, I'm not saying this was like overnight we did everything right. I'm saying faithful. We, we made a decision to be less of us and more of him. That's what we decided. Because we knew if we could be more like him, then everything would begin to fall in place. And then he said, here, go take this church. And then when you're faithful with the church, then God says, here, why don't you go to the nations? Hey, why don't you go over here? Pastor Stanley, he was faithful all those years. And then God sent him what he needed so that he could begin to build a nation. I believe the man is destined to change a nation, to change that nation with the gospel of Jesus Christ. He will be exalted, but he will be exalted as a believer, but he will go in to every man's arena and he will be that person in their arena and he will bring with them the anointing of God. That's what you get to do because of what we're going to do right now. Ushers, if you'll come serve the people. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you have drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.